MSW Media. Thanks to Thuma for supporting the Daily Beans. Create the feeling of checking into your favorite hotel at home with The Bed by Thuma. Go to thuma.co slash beans and use code beans to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of The Bed plus free shipping in the continental U.S. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, November 24th, 2022. Today, the Department of Justice is seeking the testimony of former Vice President Mike Pence, Smartmatic subpoenas Christina Bob and an OAN host in their defamation suit. Assistant U.S. Attorney Mary Dorman is being pulled off January 6th rioter cases. FIFA bans one love armbands and Germany protests and information on voting for House Speaker in anticipation of the next Congress. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. So no matter where you are in North America, you are on indigenous land. And so on this holiday and any day, really, I urge people to explore a deeper connection to the history we share and our part in it and our part in the future of a multicultural democracy. That's what I will be remembering with my chosen family today on Thanksgiving. Well said, my friend. I will as well. So Mary Dorman, assistant U.S. attorney, she's been prosecuting some of the rioters, the January 6th rioters, boots on the ground. And she's been removed from a few of those 1-6 rioter cases as the prosecutor in those cases. And I think it might be that she's being assigned to the special counsel Jack Smith's office. I think we'll, we'll soon know once his team is put together. I am still, Dana, obsessively refreshing Pacer to see if we get the 11th Circuit ruling in the special master case. So far, no dice. But we do have a great show today. It's, it's a slow news day because it's the day before a holiday. But we have some great thankful messages, grateful messages from MSW Family Podcasters, as well as listeners submitted good news. But there are some late-breaking holiday week stories. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up, and this is a big one. This is huge breaking news today from Schmidt and Haberman at The Times, confirmed by Kyle Cheney and Gerstein at uh, Politico and Hugo Lowell at The Guardian. Everyone's weighing in now. Everyone's got their source. And the Justice Department is seeking to question former Vice President Mike Pence as a witness in connection with its criminal probe into former President Trump's efforts to stay in power after he lost because he's a loser. Mr. Pence, according to people familiar with his thinking, is open to considering the request, recognizing that the Justice Department's criminal investigation is different from the inquiry by the January 6th House Committee, whose overtures he flatly rejected. Complicating the situation is whether Donald would try to invoke executive privilege to stop him or limit his testimony. That is a step that he has taken with no success so far with other former officials. Pence was present for some of the critical moments in which Trump and his allies schemed to keep him in office and block the congressional certification of Biden's victory. An agreement for him to cooperate would be the latest remarkable twist in an investigation that's already fraught with legal and political consequences involving a former president who has now declared as a candidate to run for the White House and whose potential rivals for the 2024 Republican nomination include Mike Pence. Now, it was Thomas Wyndham. Remember the whole thing we did on Thomas Wyndham? Oh, yes. One of the lead, one of the lead investigators examining the efforts to overturn the election. It was him who, who reached out to Pence's team in the weeks before Garland appointed Jack Smith as special counsel 
to oversee this investigation and the documents case. That's according to one of the people familiar with the matter. Garland has said that the appointment of special counsel Jack Smith will not slow or flag the investigation. Officials of the Justice Department declined to comment because that's what they do. The discussion about questioning Pence, the discussions are said to be in their early stages. Pence has not been subpoenaed. And so I want to, you know, everyone's kind of mad that, well, why is he considering? What the fuck? You know, just get in there. First of all, Pence is not a target in this particular investigation, at least not that we know of. He's actually the victim, (laughs) believe it or not. I hate to say it, but it's true. Yeah. And, you know, the news that he's considering it is big and important news. We don't just sit on news until it becomes cool and dramatic. You know, they report it as soon as they know about it. And it's always better to get voluntary testimony than it is to have to issue a subpoena. Although many of the previous folks like, you know, Hirschman, Jacob, Short, the Pats, Cipollone and uh, Philbin asked for a subpoena and asked the court, asked the, you know, the, the Department of Justice to get an order compelling them to testify because they just, you know, they, they want to be able to say, look, man, I had to or I was going to go to jail. So I imagine that this a similar thing could happen here unless Pence decides to voluntarily come in. He could flip. He could not. But he's walking a very fine line, Dana, between trying not to piss off Trump's base, who he hopes would vote for him uh, in, in a 2024 presidential election. I promise you, Mike, they will not. Oh, yeah. But, that, you know, that's he's he's trying to be as, I don't know, quiet and cowardly as he possibly can. But that's going on. It's a big deal. We'll have more as it develops. Yes, we will. And Smartmatic, they served former President Donald Trump's lawyer and one time one American News talking head, Christina Bob, with a subpoena for documents that the company seeks over their multi-billion dollar defamation claims against Fox News relating to the 2020 presidential election. Made public in a court filing on Tuesday, the subpoena seeks broad categories of documents from Bob, but not her testimony yet. The broad subpoena seeks any documents and communications that Bob may have had, quote, with or concerning Smartmatic or Dominion, another voting machine company that was a target of pro-Trump conspiracy theories about the 2020 presidential election. And we know that during that election, Smartmatic machines were only used in Los Angeles County, California, where President Biden's victory was never in doubt. Okay, so I don't even know why the fuck they did that in the bluest place on earth. But Smartmatic and Dominion were both held out as scapegoats for Trump's defeat, despite the implausibility of the theory. Smartmatic alleges that Fox News knew that before broadcasting the conspiracy theories anyway, they knew that that was implausible. Well, the company seeks any documents and communications Bob might have about coverage of that election with Fox News or other news organizations, a phrase defined broadly as including print and TV outlets and including not but not limited to the Wall Street Journal, ABC News, One American News and Newsmax. Well, Bob routinely peddled the false notion that Trump won the 2020 presidential election. Well, she also must turn over communications with other peddlers of that same lie, including Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, and Michael Flynn, and several other Trump allies and associates. She also must turn over her communications with the Trump administration and the Trump campaign. So she's going to hand over all her shit. The campaign's definition includes another cavalcade of Trump loyalists. So when we say that the campaign, Trump's campaign, this includes Jared Kushner, Ivanka, Bill Stepien, Jason Miller, Stephen Miller, all the Millers, Justin Clark, Matt, Matt Morgan, Donald Trump, Trump Jr., all the Trumps, all the juniors, Laura Trump, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Katrina Pearson, Boris Epstein, Michael Roman, Kaylee McEnany, all the Kayleys, Gary Michael Brown, and Catherine 
fries. Like this is a lot of communication across the board. So basically she's going to hand over all the people she's talked to in her entire life for the last two years. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone ever, uh, forever, just hand it over. Yeah, that's kind of how that discovery thing works. And uh, we do have a little bit of breaking news, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because I'm not sure how important it is, but there's a little kerfuffle within the January 6th committee between Liz Cheney and some of the staffers on the Democrat side, on the Democratic side, because Liz Cheney wants the uh, final report to be mostly about Trump, while everyone's like, yeah, but we did all this research on the law enforcement failures and funding and stuff like that. And so they're trying to figure out, I think they're trying to hash out what's going to be included in the report. Uh, We'll know more as we get closer to the release of that report. And on Tuesday, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy got some bad news from Ralph Norman, a rep from South Carolina, who became the fifth member of the Republican caucus to announce skepticism about voting for McCarthy as speaker. Republicans will have a majority in the House come January and and therefore will have the opportunity to elect one of their own to lead. But with the party's majority shaping up to be remarkably narrow, losing five votes might bring McCarthy below 218 in support of a speaker bid, which is to say below the level that would constitute a majority of the chamber. Election of Speaker of the House, though, is governed by different rules than other votes in the chamber. For example, legislators cast votes for specific individuals, either one nominated by a party caucus or literally anyone else. In the 2019 speaker election, somebody wrote in Joe Biden despite not only serving in the House, but not even being in any public office at all. (laughs) In other ways, though, the election follows normal rules. It's not that the Speaker must get the support of a majority of the chamber any more than a legislative vote requires 218 votes. Instead, the Speaker simply needs to earn a majority of the votes cast. So if only 12 people cast votes, you need seven. They say for a person by name. So it has to be a person you have to write them in, like voting for Joe Biden in 2019. Right, right. right. So if 20 legislators decide not to vote at all or or vote present, which is not a name, only 208 votes are cast uh, or only there would only be 415 and you only need 208 for the majority. So imagine that McCarthy has a majority of 222 Republicans. If Norman and the other five skeptics choose to vote present or to abstain, McCarthy only needs 216 votes to be elected speaker out of 217 other Republicans. That's pretty close. In other words, the question isn't whether McCarthy has 218 votes. It's whether those legislators who don't want to vote for him vote for someone else, potentially forcing the speaker election to a second or third ballot. Or further, those speaker votes that settled for a plurality followed dozens of votes that resulted in no one getting a majority. The bigger question, really, is whether the legislators loudly protesting McCarthy's leadership would actually really want to block it or just be heard loudly protesting. Uh, We won't know the answer to that until the votes for the speaker are cast. But um, get your popcorn. Get your popcorn, indeed. And we're going to football. When I say football, I mean the European kind. The German national team has decided to protest against FIFA's decision to ban the, quote, one love armband after world soccer's governing body instructed the referees to punish The captains of the teams with a yellow card, a yellow card, if they didn't wear an official, an official captain's band. The decision was arrived at after a long week full of discussions about the topic. England, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark, Wales, and Switzerland issued a joint statement on Monday confirming that they will not, they will not wear the One Love armband at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar due to the potential sporting sanctions because Qatar is an asshole when it comes to diversity. FIFA has made it clear that any player wearing the proposed One Love armband promoting diversity 
and inclusion will be issued a yellow card. At the same time, FIFA has brought forward their own no discrimination campaign, which was only due to come into effect from the quarterfinals, and all captains will now be permitted to wear one of those armbands for the entirety of the tournament. Manuel Nair, the German captain, wore the no discrimination armband against Japan for the opening game of the team coached by Hansi Flick. Now, at that time, the whole team, this was a big deal. This was Germany. The whole team placed their hands over their mouths during the traditional team photo before the match against Japan to send a message to the world. Now, the German FA issued a statement after the picture explained the gestures of protest at the ongoing World Cup in Qatar. And this is a quote. It wasn't about making a political statement. Human rights are non-negotiable. That should be taken for granted, but it still isn't the case. That's why this message is so important to us. Denying us the armband is the same as denying us a voice. We stand by our position. We wanted to use our captain's armband to take a stand for values that we hold in Germany's national team, which is diversity and mutual respect. Together, we, with other nations, we wanted our voice to be heard. For Germany mm-hmm. to be the country to do this, I thought was a yeah. big deal. Now, while Germany players are staging their protests on the field, federal minister of the interior and community, Nancy Faser, joined FIFA, their head, Gianni Infantino, in the stands wearing the armband that he has banned the players from donning, which is so fucking annoying. So that's a big deal. How did that even come about? How can you be the head of FIFA and you wear the armband, but no one else can? Like, who's, a, who's, on, who's up above you telling you that the players can't wear them? So from what I understand, and I read a different article about this, and someone may correct me if I'm wrong, FIFA was prepared to pay fines for the, for the players that wanted to go against this. So FIFA in itself was prepared to do that. Well, whoever is above them, and it could be the Federation the uh, of, of, yeah. of Qatar, it could be the, whoever's in charge of Qatar, then they started threatening yellow cards. So FIFA was like, we want to support this, but we can't risk all of our players being yellow carded at, at, off of the off of the pitch. So that's one of the stories I read. FIFA itself is just not a great organization <laughs> when it comes to diversity anyway, so I don't want to give them too much credit. But there are two different things coming out of the story. One of them was that FIFA tried to say that we'll pay the fines, and then, then when they upped it to yellow cards, we're like, we can't lose our players. And then this is also making it sound like FIFA is just a jackass that decided to wear the armband in the, in the stands after they said they couldn't. Or, you know, to be like, we actually do support this. We were right. we were pressured by to make themselves look better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for all that. And let me. I. You know what? While we're at it, I'm just going to check. I'm just going to check over here on okay. Pacer and see if this has come in yet. You check that. I'm sure that there's some football fans out there that, if I'm wrong, please send in a correction. I'm happy to be wrong about this, but those are the stories that I read. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Nothing. All right. Sorry, everybody. Uh, and that you know that. I was hoping we would get a, a decision today, mostly because alongside the 11th Circuit oral arguments in the documents case, Dana, Trump filed with Eileen Cannon to get an unredacted copy of the affidavit. And that's the affidavit that supports the search warrant. Right. That's like all of the evidence, you know, that that shows the judge that there is probable cause to go into Mar-a-Lago. And we saw a redacted version of it. Remember, Trump's like, I want to see it. And the DOJ is like, cool, bro, here it is. Yeah. But we have to redact certain things, you know, with sources of methods, privacy, you know, people, witnesses and shit like that. And, and now Trump wants the unredacted version. And I was hoping 
that the 11th Circuit would come out and kick, kick Eileen Cannon off this fucking case altogether before she could, you know, say, OK, cool, here it is. You know, <laughs> like, I'm a little worried about that. Like, I feel like yep. it's a little bit of a race against the clock, but nothing yet. But we will keep you posted. We'll be right back with some good news and gratitude. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, your bedroom deserves an upgrade. I recently did. Like, like I gutted my whole house. And I, every time I do that, I always, for some reason, leave out the bedroom, but not this time. But now is the perfect time to elevate the most important room in your home with Thuma. It's truly incredible. Thuma practices an intentional less is more simplicity design philosophy for the bedroom. Very modern, clean lines, subtle curves, lifestyle enhancing details. Thuma proves that simplicity is the truest form of sophistication. I recently bought The Bed by Thuma. It's just called The Bed, like the fumble or the drive. The Bed. It's handcrafted from eco-friendly, upcycled, high-quality wood with beautiful, unique variations in the grain. It's it's really, it's so beautiful. And it's made for how you live. Uh, it's the bed. It's like I said, it's by Thuma. It's backed with a lifetime warranty. Ships right to your door in three easy-to-move boxes. It only takes about five-ish minutes or so to assemble with no tools required. It's got Japanese joinery. It's really awesome. I was able to build it myself in just a few minutes. Uh, and along with the bed, Thuma offers other bedroom essentials to elevate bedtime. They have the mattress, the nightstand, the side table, and the tray. They're perfect complements to the bed. So create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel suite, but at home with the bed by Thuma. And right now, if you go to thuma.co slash beans, you get to receive $25 credit towards your purchase of the bed, plus free shipping in the continental U.S. Again, that's Thuma, T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash beans. Thuma.co slash beans for a $25 credit. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, everyone. Then good news, everyone. Good news. And of course, if you have any good news, please send it to us. You want to play What the Mutt, where you send us a picture of your adopted, you know, rescue pup, and we try to guess badly. <laughs> what breeds <We're> so fun <laughs> we're always just like pitbull chow chow totally that's it it's all that um you can send it to us uh that and also if you want to give a shout out to somebody you love something you're, you're grateful for we can we can do we can do gratefulness any day we don't have to do it on this day just we don't have to relegate it to to this one holiday or you know a small business you want to shout out uh maybe a black owned business or an lgbtq plus owned business in your in your area that you want to give a shout out to and support Send it all to us at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. All right, first up from anonymous, pronouns she and they. Good news. I've had retina detachments in both of my eyes. My vision is crap. Work from home has been great, but the company where I work wants the people in the office. It's dangerous and scary for me to drive. It's been getting worse as it gets darker earlier. I know what you mean. After months of going round and round with my bleep boss, and you can swear on here, anonymous, with my bleep boss and HR, and my doctor telling them I shouldn't drive, I finally found someone at work who lives near enough to me so that we can carpool. Nice. There is so much rejoicing. I don't have to panic on the way home anymore. It was hard to ask, but my coworker is sweet and she was glad to help. Why don't they just give you fucking telework? <laughs> For pet tax, please see my void bibe Tybalt. Oh, sounds like kibble. Tybalt. Princess of cats enjoying porch time. Oh. Is that a blip? Or is yep, that something red under? Oh, I think. I can't tell. Yep. I want it to be a, I want it to be a blap. So yeah. And look at, look at the eyes. eyes. My right? goodness. Oh my God. 
Cuddly Turtle, thank you so much. Oh. Pronoun she and her. You want good oh. news? Check. <laughs> Halloween photos? Check. Baby pictures for Dana? Check. Sorry, no frog orgy. Oh. Meet Kate, Leguminati in training. We did not think we were having children when the adoption store changed our lives. The beautiful quilt in the Halloween pick was made by a friend. She is Paradox Designs Shop on Etsy. And uh, shop is S-H-O-P-P-E. Paradox Designs Shop on Etsy. There'll be a link in the notes. And look at this perfect baby. Quilt is Look at the second photo. I know. I'm loving this quilt. Look at the third photo. <laughs> so it's Paradox Designs Shoppy. I love that you're still on that. Look at the baby. <laughs> I am. I'm looking at the baby. I'm Look, just hey, I asked for frog orgies, okay? There's almost an animal orgy in the quilt on the second picture. They're just sort of <laughs> sitting around. They're sitting around waiting going, should we now? Is the baby asleep? Is it to sleep? Should we do it now? There is a rabbit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that beaver is <laughs> definitely checking out the rabbit. Look, that second picture with the baby with the crossed legs i with the... know oh my god i love the very skeptical face in the third picture look at the the uh, you know what the little pursed little baby lips in the I first picture know. just see and the little they just got little mittens <laughs> on her fingers so doesn't scratch her own face <laughs> the third picture she's like what the fuck yep <laughs> she's a like skeptical she's given a little she's given a little uh little 11s there a little a little like a yep. susan collins right like i'm I love it. She's definitely writing an email in her head. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She is so adorable. I didn't mean to compare to Susan Collins. That's awful. But seriously, thank you for these. You got them all. You got them all. Pet pics, Halloween. Kate is perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. From Brent Boy in northern Wisconsin. Hello, Daily Beans Turbo Action Team. Oh, I like it. What do you think, Dana? Turbo Action Team? Yeah. Daily Beans Turbo Action Team. Hi, I have two things. First, a question. With certain networks and pundits spreading disinformation about vaccines, why don't we see pharmaceutical companies taking them to court for defamation? When networks and pundits lied about voting machines, Dominion went after them. Is it just because Pfizer needs Fox News to keep selling dick pills? That is a great (laughs) fucking question. (laughs) Yeah, that might be it. Second, some good news. My dear Turbo Action team and my cherished fellow listeners. I know you all have had a bad day sometimes. Maybe your cat left you for another family. Maybe you swallowed a Lego. Maybe your favorite coffee shop just put up a Q decal in the front window. But dear treasured friends, if you ever need an emotional boost, I want you to remember one happy thought when things seem dark. It's this. The former guy has no good days left. He hasn't had any in a while. And there are certainly none in his future. His party has turned on him. His supporters are dwindling. His remaining days will be tedious and miserable, spent in the presence of very expensive lawyers who want all of his money. Each day of his life will be more miserable than the last, and I hope he lives for a very long time. It's not schadenfreude, it's karma appreciation. I hope it brightens your day. Happy war on Christmas. Brent Boy, this is a fantastic submission. I absolutely love this. Thank you for that bright spot, right? Oh, yeah. He does. That is so true. He has no good days ahead of him. I love it. All right. This is from Robin, pronounced she and her. Hi, ladies. I have a story. It isn't quite good news, but I think you'll appreciate. Last year, I lost my brother after a decade-long illness. A sad occasion, maybe even sadder, as he was a big trumper and could be pretty obnoxious about it. This definitely took a toll on our relationship. The morning of his funeral, I heard his son announce that they would be playing my way in accordance with my brother's wishes. I instantly recognized this as an ode to Trump, and it felt like one last kick in the gut. 
As the funeral was winding down, I found myself mentally prepared to hear this song. The crowd grew quiet and you could hear a pin drop. But as the music started, instead of tuning the song out, I found myself repressing giggles and not always successfully. Instead of Frank Sinatra's version that Trump always played was the Dion Warwick version. Hearing this iconic barrier-breaking woman of color sing this song lifted my heart and a few knowing glances were exchanged with like-minded, slightly smirking relatives. It was the comedic break I needed that morning, and I couldn't help but wonder how my brother would have reacted. He did have a sense of humor, and I'd like to think he would have at least a small amount of appreciation for the ironic twist. Thanks for all you do. Who had the sense of humor that shows the Dion Warwick version? Oh, I know, right? Because if he wasn't specific, <laughs> someone was like, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> Was it his like secret Joe Biden voting wife? Like, oh, you want my way? Okay. Amazing. <laughs> well, we're going to do my way, my way. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's very sad that you lost your brother and he was a Trumper, Robin, but that is a great story. Thank you for that. I would have been doing the same thing, you know, the side eye with the relatives, the like minded relatives. Like, uh huh. Okay. Here we are. All right. That is the end of listener submissions. And we do have some pre-recorded thanks that we want to share with you from uh, folks here at the MSW family. So I hope you enjoy that. And then, you know, we'll be back. We, well, we do have a show tomorrow. We do have a show Friday. It's going to be me talking to Elizabeth Cronise McLaughlin. Uh, and that will be fun. And uh, Dana, are you going to be with me on Monday? Are you traveling this weekend? Are you raising money for what are you doing? <laughs> I, I don't think I'll be with you on Monday, but I will be back Tuesday morning. All right. Sounds great. Until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. Everyone. All right. Thank you. That's it. Uh, I've been AG. And I've been DG. Happy holiday, everyone. Happy holiday. Them's the beans. We're so thankful. Thanks. You know what? Mostly for you. For you. You held democracy together. That was you. Thank you. We are thankful for everyone getting out and voting and being righteous and real. And for us taking control of our destiny, we thank you. And I, we mean this. We are thankful. Gratitude filled. Woo, baby. Stay spicy. Ooh, eat your turkey. Eat more than you should. Enjoy yourself. You deserve it. Hey, y'all. Liz Winstead here from the Feminist Buzzkills Live Pod. And... I am super thankful to the community of people that I get to fight with every single day. I'm so thankful to be on MSW as a network that has consistently been fighting for reproductive health rights and justice with me. And when all other networks said, people don't care about abortion or it's too risky and it was always like this fam that kept the fight going. And I'm so just grateful to every day wake up and know that we're in this together. And that makes me want to wake up every day and realize that we got hope, y'all. Hi, this is Kimberly from the Start Me Up podcast. I'm just here to say thank you to the American people for saving democracy. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for my Twitter followers, my podcast listeners, all the people on social media who entertain me, inform me, and make me happy. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Hi, I'm Kelly Pollack. I'm host of the Unsung History podcast on MSW Media. This Thanksgiving, I am thankful for teachers. 
you all know it is tough to be a teacher in the United States right now. We give them unsafe conditions, insufficient resources, and yet teachers show up day in and day out to really help their students. I'm especially grateful for history teachers. You know we have governors like Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin who are trying to make it impossible just to teach the truth about what happened in American history. We can't move forward as a country until we truly appreciate, understand, acknowledge what has happened in this country, the good, the bad, the ugly, the hopeful. It's uncomfortable sometimes. It's difficult to explain to students, but we have to continue to try. And history teachers are in there teaching the truth, really helping their students understand all the complexities of American history. And so this Thanksgiving, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to teachers. Hi, my name is Lila Nordstrom from the podcast, What Can I Do? And this year I'm thankful to be part of a political community that's optimistic and believes in the possibility that our problems can be fixed and society can change and our work matters. And I'm especially thankful that I get the opportunity to speak to the kinds of national and local political leaders who make it possible to believe in that kind of possibility. Hey, everybody. This is Steve Pearson, the host of the How We Win podcast. And I am so grateful for the opportunity on Thanksgiving to say thank you to all of you who knocked on doors, who made phone calls, who wrote letters, who donated to our How We Win fund and helped us win this election, helped us protect our freedoms and protect our democracy in what was the most important election of our lifetime. We say it on our show on how we win all the time. We win when we all got involved. And that's exactly what all of you did. I hope that you're inspired by what we did in these midterms. These elections are close. They are so close and it really showcases the impact that we can all have on our democracy. So I'm filled with gratitude for all of you and all the work that you've done and that you are going to continue to do. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday. What's up, world? Hey, my name is Conroy Smith. And I'm Tony Morton. And we are Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that we do. Hey, in this season, um, I am truly thankful for just the real um, authentic conversations that we intentionally have been able to have with our family, our friends, and our wonderful guests. Yeah, and I, I'm thankful for a holiday where I get to slow down, eat some amazing food, and be with a uh, family that I don't get to see on a regular basis. So, we here at Authentically Us are hoping that y'all will have a great authentic holiday and be sure to check us out on any platform where you get your podcast. Peace out. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane. 
with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>